On October 7th, Lafayette Police Chief Thomas Glover was fired by Mayor President Josh Guillory with no official explanation and after only 10 months on the job. I'm your host, Dalford Jones, and in today's podcast, we air our entire unedited interview with the city's first black police chief in an attempt to find out what happened, what's next, and most importantly, why did it happen at all? 10 Talks Acadiana. The podcast powered by KLFY.com. At Go Auto, we know car insurance can be expensive, but it doesn't have to be. Go Auto helps you save more money on car insurance. Call 888-566-5505 to get your free quote. So how do we do it? Well, that's easy. We have no commission agents, no expensive add-ons, low down payments. You can customize your payment plan and you choose your payment date. We've lowered rates in your area. So call 888-566-5505. Go online at GoAutoInsurance.com. Come by or you can download our app to get your free quote and start saving today. Hello, Acadiana, and welcome to the 10 Talks Acadiana podcast. Joining us today is Thomas Glover, now former chief of police in Lafayette. I think we all got the shocking news uh, when it when our phones buzzed Thursday afternoon. Uh, Thomas, it's weird not calling you Chief Glover, but what happened? Is this Was this expected? No, I had been hearing rumblings in the police department, rumors, rumors. Uh, on day 43 of my employment, 24 hours after I fired an individual for what I deemed to be criminal behavior, punched a handcuffed prisoner. The next day, the police union came out trying to get me fired and they continued. Subsequently, they actually voted a union president out of office who was African-American because they said he was too chummy to me, or with me. New administration for the union came in in late May and it started then trying to get me fired. Uh, I'm told anonymous letters would be written. Most of them would be riddled with lies if it was what I was hearing was correct and I do know it was correct. Uh, so I, I, I knew that uh, there were people who were fighting their reforms. Mm-hmm. You, you're going up against a city that's 200 years old, police department 150, and you're trying to bring it into the 21st century and there are people inside the police department who did not want that to happen. And because I was an outsider, I guess, and was making change, they didn't want to see that. But I would think that was part of your credibility, not not necessarily labeled an outsider, but having 40 plus years of experience in the Dallas Police Department, that was one of the main reasons they brought you in. Yes, definitely, and I do have the intestinal fortitude to make change and to do what I need to do. Um, the first individual that I fired, everybody was shocked. They said it wouldn't have happened in the old days. And I'm like, we're not in the old days. Right. You know, and so uh, I was told that I was expected to bring about reform in discipline, in appearance, in attitude, in work habits, uh, particularly in the use of force mm-hmm. and how things were done, uh, make sure that the body camera processes followed. So I did everything I was expected to do. Mm-hmm. Chief, I'm sorry, Thomas, forgive me. I might call you chief for several more times today. That's fine. Uh, you were brought in at a pretty crucial time in Lafayette history where there was a, 
a movement happening around the world uh, to eradicate police brutality, uh, use of force, making sure that was appropriate. Uh, and it was in the wake of the George Floyd shooting in Minneapolis a couple years ago. We had our own shooting here in the wake of Trayford Pellerin. You assumed duties. Was that strategic in your opinion? I don't know. I was told when I walked in the door that, oh, we knew they were going to hire a black guy. And my response was, look at my resume. I had the best credentials. Mm -hmm. And I still say that now my resume is open book. I'll give anybody a copy to show that uh, my credibility, my outstanding history, all those things came into play. Uh, my skills in policing, having come up in the Dallas Police Department, and we went through similar situations 25 to 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so I think I was the right candidate at the time that I was brought in. Uh, I was given assurances prior to making such a big decision because I owned a home, you know, had a family, grandkids in the uh, Texas area, in the state of Texas, and it was a big decision for me just to uproot and come here, but I was given assurances that uh, I would be okay and that mm -hmm. they had my back. Are you able to talk about your relationship with the mayor president? Because, I mean, ultimately he's the, the top of the totem pole when it comes to uh, government in Lafayette Parish, uh, ultimately he has higher firepower over your position. Yes. Uh, can you talk about the relationship you have with the MP? Yes, uh, first of all, I'll say this. Uh, every police chief in this country, minus a small number who are elected, report to a civilian authority. It's either a mayor or a city manager or county commissioner. In fact, the military, the top generals report to a civilian. So that's the first thing I'll say about the relationship. I have no issues or no problem taking instructions and right. orders from the CEO. I came in, uh, I looked Mayor Guillory in the eye on December 18th last year. Today he interviewed me along with uh, COA, uh, CAO uh, Cedric Wingerda. Mm -hmm and Chief of Staff Robert Ben Warren, I just looked at him and said, you know, I, you can trust me. And he told me the same thing, I got you back. Uh, he called me on the phone three days later, offered me the position, I took it. I was here on December 23rd in the introductory press conference and I felt that the relationship was great. Uh, never had any adverse relationship. He's never said anything cross to me. He's never been condescending or belittling to me. He's always been polite, uh, almost like a son, because I'm 63 years mm -hmm. old. He was, I think, 39. Mm -hmm. And so it's been great, but I knew that he was a boss. Mm -hmm. I never gave him any indication that he wasn't the boss. And so I followed instructions like I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Of course, I gave him my opinion on things. I was like, let's That's do this, mayor, yeah. let's do that. And he said, no, um, put him in order and do it this way. And I followed instructions. but. Uh, the times that the turmoil started from the union in late May to early June, uh, he really showed strong support for me because they wanted to meet with him alone to discuss me. And he straight up said, if I don't have Chief Glover, I'm not talking to you guys. And he didn't. And he told me again, I got your back. And that's what I thought all along. And I knew that by the time I started to have an impact in making changes, 
that they would start getting closer and closer to pushing him. Yeah. And if I may, I'll give you what I mean. Uh, when he and I talked about me taking this position and making changes, I told him, I said, you're gonna know if I'm effective in doing what you wanna do and making a change. He said, how? I say it's an age old axiom. The first thing that a police department will do is they will start spreading rumors on me. And I said, I'll be able to defeat that. People know the truth. I said, second that they'll do is they will go to the media and try to get false stories printed on me. And I say, you really know that I'm getting effective. They will start yelling and screaming about morale is low and they'll call for a vote of no confidence. It never got to the vote of no confidence, mm -hmm. uh, but it did get to the point where morale is low. If people have been chewing tobacco and dipping snuff and you stop them from doing it, it impacts their morale. If they have been taking an hour and a half on a, on a 911 call that could be done in 15 minutes right. and you stop it, it impacts their morale. Yeah. If they have been committing misconduct and you suspend them for it or they commit an unjustifiable use of force and you terminate them for it, it's gonna impact their morale. So when you're doing reforms, having an impact on morale is part of it. Mm -hmm. You don't change a police department and people who's been doing things for 15, 20, 30 years. Won't accept it and, overnight. And, you know, and, and without any, like, oh, my morale is low. That's, that's part of reform. You get mm -hmm. that. And so I thought that that would be something that would be indicative of me having an impact on the police department here, a mm -hmm. positive impact, because um, I say this, and this is one of the most important things I can say, 99.99% of the Lafayette Police Department is outstanding. They have some great detectives in the CID. You have great officers in patrol. Mm -hmm. I mean, May the 16th, I was so impressed. I called them superhuman. They answered over 300 calls in 12 hours and mm -hmm. 130 plus of them were high water calls where people were needing help mm -hmm. and they did their job. And so that's the vast majority of them. But uh, there are some, and I'll say a small percentage, 15, 20, 25 of them, that if you remove them from the police department, this department would change overnight. Mm -hmm. You would need a reform chief like me. It would change immediately. Had I been confirmed, uh, which would have been, you know, hopefully before December 31st, had I been here, mm -hmm. uh, the majority of those people would have left. They would have voluntarily retired chief, and there would have been a change. Just for our viewers who may not understand when you say be confirmed, Yes. Uh, this is by the police, uh, the Civil Service Board. Yes. What, is, uh, what does that do for you as chief? What it does, it gives me protection and anywhere from my six month anniversary to the one year anniversary, I can be uh, confirmed. I actually thought I was doing a good job and after six months, which would have been July 1st or later, mm -hmm. that I would have been confirmed. There were people in the community and ex-police officers telling me to approach the mayor and ask him why didn't he confirm me based on my six months of prior history. I never did it, I told him he'll do it when he's ready. This time. Yeah, and uh, I actually thought that I was getting close to being confirmed uh, when I was terminated. I was like, I'm doing the things that uh, are good for the community, I'm doing the things that are good for the citizens, good for the police department, and we're moving forward. And uh, you know, this is what I get. Chief, I wanted to ask you something about, you said that in a lot of other cities, <clears throat> excuse me, 
that the chief of police responds to or answers to a, um, a civil board or, or a citizen board. Uh, do you think Lafayette needs to move uh, to an elected chief of police position? Uh, there is a concerted effort in the city of Lafayette. My entire nine and a half month tenure, I was approached by people who thought that was the best way to go. Mm -hmm. I am not sure if that's the best way to go, uh, but I can tell you if it ever changed here, uh, you can count Thomas Glover in as a candidate. If okay. we start to uh, change that charter and people are elected, it, mm -hmm. it does give you some autonomy to the point where you're not subjected to a union's mm -hmm. whims and you know their disorientation of people in charge and you know the lies and the mistruths. Uh, you got at least four years to make a change. Mm -hmm. But if they change the charter, I would definitely run for office. Now you've mentioned the union a couple of times. Do you think they had anything to do with persuading the mayor president's decision to remove you? I am not sure, but conventional wisdom in my experience in police and it having been a union president myself, mm -hmm. very influential on the national, state and local, I would, I would uh, say so. I would agree, uh, not only the union, but people in the community who were close to members of the union. Okay. I was getting it from all sides just because I was doing my job that I was brought in to do. I know change can be uncomfortable uh, for just about everybody, <laughs> whether it's, um, positive or negative change, it can be difficult to move in another direction that, as you mentioned, some people have been going for 10 to 15 years. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess now that, you know, 10 months after being sworn in, do you relocate? Do you go back to Texas? I am not sure I'm going to make some decisions uh, in the near future. I am going to take some time off and uh, <laughs> I'm going to visit Texas and go to the state fair and going to Grandma's homecoming, GSU next <laughs> yes, week. Sir. I will be there. Uh, I've been approached uh, you know, verbally by people all across the country mm -hmm. to do some things. I'm not sure. There are people who are interested in my story, uh, not because of who I am, but because of who Lafayette was when he hired mm -hmm. me, uh, first permanent African-American chief in the history of this city. Mm -hmm. So it made the news around the country. I think about 150, 160 news outlets covered it. Mm -hmm. And uh, there have been some inquiries or comments made to me, and I'll determine that in the near future. Okay. Lastly, Chief, I know that you've accomplished a great deal in your short time here. What's left on the table that you didn't get a chance to tackle? Well, I'd like to touch on something mm -hmm. I think is real important. One of the most important functions, or the most important function of a chief of police is protection of human life. Next is protection of property. In the end of the year, we'll know what the crime rate is in the city of Lafayette. In June, up until that point, I had been putting a lot of effort into property crime, which is where we were needing effort at. Mm -hmm. When I took over, that was the only thing that was off the board. Right now, property crime has gone down in the city of Lafayette. Overall crime is down in the city of Lafayette since I've been here. But violent crime saw a spike mainly because of two months, May and June. And so what I did, end of June, early July, I created some things that I wanted to do to tackle the crime. Specifically, I created a violent crime task force 
with federal agencies, the FBI, ATF, the U.S. Marshal's Office, state police, sheriff's department, city police, which is us, UL police, the city marshals, adult probation and parole, and juvenile probation and parole. And I think that that relationship was the first time in modern history that has been done in the city of Lafayette. We were very effective. Out of that task force, we created a top 10 list in the city of Lafayette, those people who were committing the violent acts. And last Tuesday, about 10 days ago, we got number 10, so that entire list was depleted. They were locked up and put in jail. We also, uh, I was very, very elated at a new unit in the police department called Viper, Violence, Intervention, Prevention, and Early Response. Mm -hmm. And those individuals, nine officers and a supervisor, a sergeant, started August the 8th. And as of today, a little under two months, they have made about 130 arrests or more, and they've seized I believe somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 to 60 weapons that were in the hands of convicted felons. Mm -hmm. They were used to commit serious crimes or they were stolen or had the serial numbers taken off. Some other things I wanted to do, I did not get to do them. I wanted to use the ministerial coalitions in the city to help serve as mediators and de-escalators in the violence in the community. I wanted to do some major things with the hotline. Mm -hmm. The same way that you have a suicide crisis hotline. Yeah. I wanted to create maybe a teen violence hotline to where someone 14, 15 to their low 20s going through things at school, being threatened, being bullied, that they could call and get expert help mm -hmm. on the line without having to, to take violence. a weapon, you know, like yeah. what happened in Arlington, Texas uh, two days ago. Yeah. And so that's the kind of thing uh, that I was pushing for those ideals that I put out there. Yeah. And I had pages of them and they were submitted up the ladder. I didn't get a chance to uh, institute them. Some of them I never even got a chance to discuss. Mm -hmm. But uh, right now, I am still interested in making sure that the city of Lafayette is safe. I'm not the chief of police anymore. I got my last paycheck today. Uh, I will be leaving this TV studio and going to meet someone in the community that I believe can help us in this city mm -hmm. stop some violence. And those are the kind of things that I do. I care about this city because it accepted me graciously. I don't wish any ill will on anybody on the department. I thank Mayor Guillory and the CAO Sidney Wingerter for giving me an opportunity to serve the citizens. I did the best I could. Mm -hmm. I gave uh, not 100%, but 110%. And so uh, I have some decisions to make uh, I'm not sure if I'll get back into law enforcement. It is a very, very demanding, stressful job. Yeah. Very seldom did I get five, six hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, I'll say that uh, I did enjoy it, though, and I would do it in a heartbeat again. And I'm serious. If the charter changes, I will come back. If I'm not here or if I'm still here, I'll just step in the race and run for chief. All right. Thank you. Thomas Glover, former Lafayette Chief of Police, joining us for 10 Talks Acadiana. We thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. 10 Talks Acadiana. Subscribe wherever podcasts are downloaded. A Star Media production.